Welcome to this week's Leader's Guide for the Fall Quarter of Life Groups. This resource is provided to help you prepare and effectively lead your group. For your convenience, you can also download a written version of the guide under Life Group Leader Tools at gatewaycrc.org forward slash life groups. Remember to tune in each week and to look out for the weekly edition of Life Group Leaders Weekly. Let's join Adam Van Dopp now as he introduces this week's material. Well, hello there, Life Group leaders. This is now week number three of the fall 2022 semester of Life Groups. Our semester has started off so great now with having 156 people a part of our 16 different groups. You know, we are just so enthralled with how this growth has entered into this new season. And, uh, you know, we just continue to hope and pray that all that we do together as our groups will continue to point us to the Lord and to his goodness and his mercy upon us. Also, a happy Thanksgiving to you all and to your families this this weekend. I pray that this weekend will be just simply a blessing for you all. Well, let's jump into our material for this coming week. A few announcements just to start. Uh, Again, review uh, your plans for your serve project. A number of you are reaching out to me and booking uh, uh, events, which is fantastic. If you haven't done so, I would encourage you to do that uh, this week. Also, there's still a lot of uh, serve shirts, so send your members to go get their new blue serve shirts. We love it when our groups are out there all looking the same and looking uh, like Gateway. Also, in week number three, this is the last time that we really make mention of this, is Uh, And that is make sure that you have had a conversation about the covenant and leaning into being a trustworthy, accountable environment for all of the members and just encourage everybody to, to sign that one particular page and uh, just agreeing together in, in, in the front end of all that we do to be accountable and to trust each other. Uh, again, uh, some picture, uh, some announcements still, uh, some pictures. We'd love to see your group meeting in service, uh, socially hanging out, not just post shots, but candidates. And, and like I said last week, here's some incentive for the coming two weeks, ending October 15th. That is just still next week, Saturday. Send me pictures of your groups, of, your, uh, of what you're doing together in your homes as you gather, especially as you go and serve. And I'll take the names from all the submitted groups and put them into a draw for $50 Visa gift card uh, so you can get goodies for your coming life group meeting. Uh, And then also attendance and training. Those are all things that are in the printed leader's guide that is available to you. Well, let's jump into the getting to know you questions in the leader's guide. Uh, and this first one here is just a fun little uh, little gimmicky game uh, called Would You Rather? And in there, there's a whole bunch of would you rather do this or that? And, you know, I'll let you as leaders take reins on how you're going to make that work. Just go and have fun. Go around your group. Share the answers. And when, when needed, uh, uh, you'll know when to ask why. Why did you answer that way? And uh, there's an option there. Would you rather shovel snow or rake leaves? Well, for me personally, I'll take raking leaves over shoveling snow. Uh, it just is somewhat easier. Unless it's raining, then I'll take shoveling snow. Anyways, let's go on. A uh, quick review. Uh, so again, like we've mentioned the last couple of weeks, uh, this quick review section is not necessarily a review of the message, but it's the review of what we have learned from the message. So the first question is the same as we do every week. You've heard that now by, by uh, consistently, but looking back at your notes from this week's teaching, was there anything that particularly caught your attention, challenged, or confused you? Again, be a good student, take your own notes, write your own extra questions. Second question. The past weekend, uh, Pastor Justin invited us to consider the following as a daily question. Knowing that God is sovereign, where is God leading me today in building his kingdom? How would this question influence your daily life? Wow, uh, that was going to be a big one. If we, Can you imagine if we actually woke up every single day asking that question, God, how 
How do you want me to build your kingdom today? Imagine our perspective and how our activities would change as we enter into conversation, as we enter into our workplaces, as we even enter into our cars and how the patterns of our, hab uh, of our driving habits look. Dig deep with this question, uh, friends. I think it's gonna be a good one. Uh, so then we lean into a scripture review section where we read the passage of scripture. So that's read Daniel chapter two, verses one to 23 and 44 and 49. Uh, and ask, ask those three questions about how what it says about God, what it says about fallen humanity, and what we really learn from it. Um, but also you can summarize all those questions by asking what strikes you about this particular passage and engage in conversation about how this passage is speaking to your group on that particular meeting that you meet. Well, into the digging deeper section. Re question number one is read Daniel chapter 2 verses 4 through 5. Why do you think King Nebuchadnezzar refuses to tell anyone about the actual contents of his dream? Do you think that his magicians, his enchanters, his sorcerers could ever tell him the dream? Well, scripture is not always clear when it comes to asking questions like this. So this is something that we're just going to, we're going to pretend that we could find out the answer because we're curious and we're, we're, we're mindful beings that want to know some of these nitty gritty details. So it's just neat as an exploration as to what happens. And of course, there's no real th theological significance to this particular answer, it, but it's an intriguing journey to surmise about how this situation really played out. Because commentators, well, they're divided when it comes to this answer. Some suggest that he actually forgot what his dream was, but it had still left him completely and utterly bothered uh, to the core of who he was, and he wanted to know what it was and what it meant. Others suggest that he was setting his people up for failure for some crazy reason. This man was a crazy, crazy man. So as for the magicians and other parts of the question here, uh, be sure to consider uh, their own words as they say to their king in 2 verse 11, that no one can show it to the king except the gods whose dwelling is not among flesh. You see, they allude to something that they don't yet know about. And the Apostle John writes an incredible introduction to his gospel narrative, the Gospel of John, where he draws a parallel between the Word and Christ, telling us that the Word of God is made manifest in the person of Jesus Christ. And at John 1 verse 14, it is written, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only the Son of uh, from God the Father, full of grace and full of truth. And it could seem like John was even thinking about these magicians' comments, wanting his hearers to be sure that, to understand that the Babylonian gods were all inanimate and false, all the while telling us that Jesus Christ is the one who came in actual flesh and lived amongst those whom he loved. I think it's just a neat parallel for us to explore. But Daniel, going back to chapter 2 here, Daniel comes back later and he says in 2 verse 27 to 28 and tells the king essentially the same thing, except that he says, there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. Daniel would answer this question saying something to the effect of, well, they could know the dream, but they'd only know it if Yahweh, God, revealed it to them. Well, enjoy this question as you explore in your own imaginations what these moments could have looked like. Question number two, read Daniel 2 verses 17 through 19. Daniel didn't try to find out the dream or its interpretation on his own. In fact, the prayers of his community became vital to his journey. Why are the prayers of the communion of saints so vital for the Christian journey? You see, it's so interesting to see Daniel's response in this particular scenario as it plays out. He's just been told that he and all the other magicians and wise men and all the other smart guys there would lose their heads if they didn't come back with the dream. 
And Daniel, he, he doesn't wallow in fright. He doesn't run for the hills and try to hide on his own, trying to find his own way to, to the answer. But he, instead, he shares this challenge with his friends, seeking mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery. They prayed. They bowed down. They got on their knees. They took the posture and asked the Lord God Almighty to reveal this mystery because they knew that only he could do this. They appealed together to the Lord to reveal this dream. Look at the middle of 2 verse 18. There's an intriguing phrase that, that ties their efforts to their purpose. It's this little phrase that comes up in scripture so often and is pointed. It's so that. They weren't wanting to receive the dream to earn favor of the king, but to save the lives of the rest of the wise men of Babylon. You see, their first instinct was, was the preservation of the lives of their contemporaries, those whom they lived amongst, the ones who actually believed in all the Babylonian gods and lived all the Babylonian ways, essentially their enemies. And it was them that these boys, this Daniel and his three friends said, we want to save their lives, so God help us save them. What a, what a fascinating approach to what they're doing here. So prayers not only bring our appeals to the feet of Jesus, they also warm our hearts together for the Lord's purposes of supporting for and caring for each other, making sure that all of the needs are met, all of the concerns are addressed. Look at how these prayers that these four men prayed and how the Lord saved the lives of all the other wise men. So a sub-point question here, read Luke 12 verses 11 through 12. These prayers lead Daniel's understanding of the dream and its meaning. And in situations that appear uncertain and unclear to us, what confidence do we glean from Luke's words? And so Luke tells us as people living in the times that followed the New Testament, the New Testamental period time, that's, that's us, uh, we were living in the times following the New Testament, that God's people will be tested and that they will be given trials, but also opportunities to speak boldly in the name of God. Well, the confidence that, that Luke then offers us is that when those moments happen, when we are trialed, when we're tempted, when we're tested, that the presence of the Holy Spirit will be with those and that it will be He who will give us the words to say. But a question must still be asked, and I encourage you to explore this question with, uh, your, with your group, is how does that actually work? Think with your group about how the Spirit impresses words and thoughts upon God's children. So one thing to take note of in that exploration is that the Spirit is actually able to use the information that we have already taken in. And that is something so fascinating to think about. He's able to help us recall passages from Scripture, relevant stories and memories, or the ability to connect the dots in what we see in front of us and as it plays out, and likely a whole lot more ways. This is why it is so crucial, leaders, and, and even for your members, to be in a pattern of healthy and robust devotions, to be engaged in messages, to be listening to uplifting songs, and to be part of the community of God's people supporting and caring for each other. Because as we take all of these things in, that is what the Spirit then can use. And if, if we don't take all these things, the Spirit can't just like, you know, drop thoughts and do all these crazy things just to help us, you know, figure things out. Daniel was in this mode of life that he understood what Scripture was about. He had, remember, the Josiah's reforms that he grew into. These things were meaningful, deeply meaningful to him. He's done an exploration of it all, uh, just given what was going on in his time frame. 
So that's what you and I, as leaders, uh, as members of groups, that is what we need to be doing, taking seriously these moments and invitations to get to know God. Because as we do that, the Spirit then is able to use us in incredible ways, just like Daniel and other many other ways, as we speak with all the people that we interact with. And I think that's just going to be fascinating for us to explore. Question number three. Read Daniel 2, verses 28 and 30, and verse 45. Daniel takes no credit for the interpretation, and in verse 45, he attributes all the work to the great God. Where have you seen the greatness of God in your life? Well, back in chapter 2, verse 17 through 19, we're told that Daniel receives the details of of this dream and its interpretation. Take note of what he does next. And you might think in your mind that he would immediately run to the throne room of the king should he be able to gain access to it, but he doesn't. He responds in gratitude to God, again, in prayer, saying, Blessed be the name of God forever, for to whom belong wisdom and might. And he goes on a little bit more. And he goes directly to the throne room of God through prayer, and through praise and adoration of his good and gracious God who provided him this very answer. So take a moment at this point with your group to take an introspective look at your own lives and look for the moments where the greatness of God has been evident. They say that hindsight is 2020, and that applies here as we look backwards in our lives at the lives that we've lived. Now, as a leader, you might have to come prepared with a moment of your own just to get the conversation going. While also, you might have to help your members think about the, their lives in such a way. Especially for you leaders that have been leading your groups for some time and you know the individuals, you can, you can look across the room and you can say to someone that you know that have a story and you can say, hey, Billy, I know God was good to you in this particular point. Tell us, what was that about? And so you might have to help your leaders, your members actually, uh, think about the live, their lives in such a way. Ask about how people have experienced healing after being sick. Ask about how their lives have been preserved in accidents or during a fall where things could have been so much worse. And once you start getting that conversation going, well, it's just going to flow and people are going to be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I got one too. And those are going to be a neat things for you to explore together as a group. And be sure to, as, as, as people share, to give credit. Of course, this is what the point is. Give credit to the Lord for seeing those things happen. And consider asking this follow-up question to those who answer. Saying, in that scenario, do you remember how you responded to God? And what we're really doing here is we're getting a conversation about God's faithfulness and steadfast love in our lives and how we've experienced. And that's called a testimony. And we, it is good for us to share the testimony of God's goodness in our lives. And that's something we can do right here in our groups. So follow-up question here is read Psalm verses, chapter 79, verse 13. In light of the revealing of this mystery in Daniel, what would the psalmist's encouragement be for us? You see, Psalm 79 verse 1 tells us the context of the psalm. That when the Israelites had entered into their new land, they had fallen into the patterns of their sinful living. They had forgotten God once again. The psalmist recounts several scenarios of their sin, but he pleads with the Lord to be their salvation and their deliverance. Then he closes the same verse that we've looked at in verse 13 here and acknowledges to the Lord that as they receive salvation, that they would be sure to tell each coming generation of the goodness of God from generation to generation. All will hear of the words and the works of God. The encouragement that we need to receive from this text, especially as we listen to the life of Daniel, is that we're to be sure that our upcoming generations also hear of the words and the works of God as he has been active in our lives. Do our children know those stories? 
do our nieces and nephews understand how God has been to us? Do the children within our church get a chance to hear these words and these works? And so, of course, it's not just about the children, it's about all of us as a whole community around us. But we need to be sure that as we're sharing about the good moments of our lives, that we don't take credit for the actions, but that we attribute to God what is God's. So now we take it home with this final question. Read Daniel chapter 2, verses 46 to 48. Now, as young boys, Daniel and his friends likely never wished or dreamed about being rulers in Babylon. God has all kinds of surprises for us upon our journey upon this earth. How have you been challenged by Daniel's story so far? Now, consider the aspirations of these young men, these young boys, especially in the context of where, of where they were in Judah and how they came from there. You see, patterns of these Jewish boys was to follow in the footsteps of their fathers and to do what was that their fathers did in life. If dad was a carpenter, the son would become one. My dad's a carpenter. If we were in a Jewish family, I would still be a carpenter. I wouldn't be a pastor. If my dad was a plumber, I would be a plumber. If your dad was a real estate agent, you would be a real estate agent. This is how that system worked. That's how they continued on in life. You see, there was an expectancy that this was the regular pattern. Consider also the time frame of the spiritual renewal under King Josiah that we've already kind of touched on briefly. To keep life going in that obedient direction in their home in the land of Judah. You see, these, these boys, they, they would ha, wouldn't have ever thought that they, would, they were going to be rulers and authorities in a completely foreign land. That just wouldn't have ever been on their radar. That would have been the farthest idea from their boys' mind. They wanted to grow up in Judah, maintain Judah, and pursue Judah as Judah, not as Babylon. You see, Daniel has been challenged as much as any one Jewish boy could be. And here's a parallel, and I think, I think this might work, and I hope it's not too far of a stretch. Consider a Ukrainian boy right now as the Russians are uh, infiltrating that great land of Ukraine. And this young boy from Ukraine and a bunch of others get carted off to the Kremlin in Russia to serve Putin. That's the farthest idea from that boy's mind of what he wants to do in this life. It's to serve the enemy's leader. Uh, it's, it's, it's outrageous to think about. And my heart goes to any kind of situation that that might be out there kind of playing out. But as we said, Daniel has been challenged as much as any one Jewish boy could be. Yet, yet he remains faithful and obedient to the one true king of his life, Yahweh. And he understands it through and through and so intimately and so deeply. And today, we're left challenged to live in the same obedience to God the Father, to the same one true King of our lives, to stay true to our Christian values. So talk with your group about how these challenges we face are being met. Well, this has been a, a neat exploration of Daniel chapter 2 here. I invite you now to close your meeting in a time of prayer, chatting through all your ongoing prayer needs, updating each other on where things are at. But of course, be in the midst of it. Like we say each week, be sure to offer prayers of gratitude and thanksgiving, especially in the season that we are in of Thanksgiving. Well, once again, everyone, happy Thanksgiving. I hope and pray that uh, this uh, 20 minutes has gone by well and that you've learned a lot, that you've discovered a lot, and that you feel equipped to lead your groups in this coming week. Well, I pray a blessing upon your activities and your meetings and all that transpires. If you ever need to, don't be afraid. Give me a call. My number is 604-309-5. Well, everyone, we'll talk next week.